This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. And, you know, this is the beginning of kind of a, a fun series. This series goes back and it, it starts. I had a couple of pastoral calls back to back where people came to talk to me and they, some of their first lines were, Chuck, my family's crazy. And so I thought, series idea, because my family's crazy too. And we all have these crazy families. And, and how is it that we work with that? And what does Christianity, what does Christ have to tell us about working with family? It's something that's so important. Because, because the time is so limited. Like the, the Hibbs family, for example, they're all watching us online today. You know, I was, I was very honored to perform the funeral for George Hibbs Sr. a few days back. And, it's, and it, was a, it was a beautiful funeral because, you know, you get a chance to just see what we mean to each other, even in the craziness of life. And a story, you know, that I, that I shared with a number of you from that, from that funeral, I thought that was just, was just so touching, was, was about him with frosted flakes. You know, he would crunch the frosted flakes down just a, just a little bit more for his grandkids. I mean, you know, who does that, right? Well, he did that. His little way of saying, I love you. And, and those, those pieces of our family where, where, yeah, our families are different and they are, they are strange. And, and can we learn to even look at that strangeness and even start in some way, shape, or form to enjoy it? So what I want to do is I want to start here with us getting in the mood. I have a crazy blank who blank. Now, you may not write about the person right beside you. You know, a crazy uncle, a a crazy aunt, you know, a crazy grandparent, a crazy you, a crazy Valentine. I I don't know what it is, but just just take a minute. And you're welcome to share this with a neighbor or to text in an answer to me as well. You know, when you look at your family with a smile, who would you say, yep, that's the crazy one right there. All right? Please share. folks. I, I, I'm sure a number of you will, will echo what one person told me. They, they, were, they had a big smile, and I said, what's so funny? And, and, and they said, no one in my family's sane. So I thought, oh, doesn't that fit? So, so here are some different answers that uh, the folks have texted on in here. Uh, a crazy mother who I wish spoke more. A crazy great aunt who in her late 80s still tells dirty jokes. A crazy dog who loves me. A crazy sister who screams and runs around the house like a lunatic. Uh, a crazy family who's dysfunctional. Three dogs who need, three dogs who need therapy. Uh, a crazy husband that posts crazy things on Facebook. I bet you can identify that wife. Sister who needs to be in control. A dog that says, I love you. You know, we all have those parts, right, of our family, of our family systems where we look at it. It's just like, it's just a little crazy when we look at it from the outside. And again, how are we going to look at that? And, and, and the big thing we're going with here is, is how do we both embrace and expand where our families are? Because oftentimes, you know, family systems, they start with these beautiful pictures, Right? You know, where everything's nice and neat and, and beautiful and, and well put together. And then we start posing for our first family photograph. And then we decide, I know what to do. Let's get all the cousins together for a picture. 
And then we want everybody to see how much our families are actually filled with joy. So we can get that, that our families, they they are, they, they oftentimes have these challenges to them. And we can actually learn to laugh about it. What I want to do is share a video with you of a, of a dad coming home from work. Again, a my crazy family moment. But I want you to notice how this dad has kind of embraced this craziness. Take a look at this little video here. You know, if, if we look at the, the facts that, that our families, that they, they all are crazy in a certain way, we have to ask, like, well, why are families so important? Like, what, what are we supposed to be learning through that? You know, if we have these family systems, and I know many of you here, some of you come and your families are doing great. Others of you are here and you know your family's really struggling. And maybe God is actually in both places. And maybe in its biggest lesson, what we're really here to learn are these two things. Could we say this together? Embrace and expand. And let's say that one more time. Embrace and expand. That, that maybe there's a way in our life that, that we're supposed to look at the families we have and, and really find, I'm going to talk more specifically about this, but really find ways to like embrace it. You know, you know if, I had, if I said, you know, hold your family out, and you could think extended family here, you know, I would imagine that there's some people who are very easy to embrace. But other people, a little hard, right? A little challenging. Can you feel that distance right now? You're like, ah, Chuck, if you only knew them. (laughs) Well, we have to learn to wrestle with that. Because I, I think what God is asking us so clearly to do is to embrace families as they are, where they are. And that doesn't mean that there aren't hard decisions. We're going to talk about that. That doesn't mean that there aren't times to, to, to have a distance and a separation. We're going to talk about that. But it means that there's still an embracing of the heart. That love is still present. And then from there, can we expand our definition of family? more and more into other areas, not just our immediate family. Because it it is interesting to me, like as as I tell couples all the time, you know, family, this is really tricky. And and like, hopefully I'll say this the right way. For a lot of people, I, I hear, you know, people say, well, family is the most important thing in the world. And what I would add are these two words, sort of, sort of. It is sort of the most important thing. But I see people all the time who who run into trouble because the family is the whole game. It's everything. And there needs to be a little bit more. And that little bit more can actually add into your family and create a more loving, more expansive view of actually what family is. Now, I want to give you a, a story here to read a story for you from the Gospel of Matthew. Now, now, the backstory is here is that, that Christ, you know, he was the firstborn in his family, and, and he sort of got some renown as this story unfolds. So, so a lot of people are following him. In this story, just kind of the, the precursor into it, his, his, his uh, you know, in, in the Bible story, the man who was the head of his household was Joseph. 
Joseph disappears from, from Christ's life, from the Bible story, when Christ was about at the age of 12. And I think it's reasonable to assume that, that it, from that age on, you know, he, he was fatherless. But if you were the oldest son in a family, what role did you take? You bumped up. You bumped up to being sort of the father of the family. So hear this reading in that context. This is from Matthew, from Matthew 12. When Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his, mother's, his mother and brothers stood outside. So he's talking to a large group. They're standing sort of out on the wings, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to this person, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Forever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and my mother. So it's kind of uncomfortable, right? Like like here he's got his family right outside. And and you would think with how important family is that he would go, Oh, I got to drop everything to connect with family. But he does something different. He acknowledges their presence, and he says, you know, there's actually a bigger picture here, a bigger will that I'm trying to follow. And we can read that and think, well, well, doesn't Christ care about family? He does. You know, when it gets to the crucifixion, one of the most touching moments, one of the most beautiful moments is where from the cross, he says to John, he says, take care of my mother. So there's obviously a connection. There's obviously a bigger lesson here that we're supposed to learn. Now, as the band comes out, let's start to think, what what is that lesson? Like, what's that tension that he's trying to create? A tension that will hopefully get us to hold family in a different way, in actually a more enlivening way. Here we have love of family. Here we have love of God. And is there a way in which, when we really start to get what love of God actually means, listen to this carefully where we really start to get what love of God actually means, that that love of God, in turn, can feed the love of our families. So this, this great dance that we have to figure out with family, this, this dance where, where, where we want to be close and yet create enough of a boundary, enough of a separation that everyone can thrive. I mean, that, that may sound just like sort of a, a counseling issue, but you know what? It has a lot of religious implications as well, spiritual implications. Because I, I kind of think of, of family as, as the testing ground where, where God is trying to trying to get us to think of family in a new way, to to interact in a new way, to really get this this firm foundation down about what love actually looks like. I'm not talking nostalgic love or or silly love or just kind of puppy love. I'm talking about real love, kind of love that actually matters in this world. And, and, and how, how can that love then, if, if we've learned it here in the crucible often of families, how can that expand out into wider and wider circles? As the new church would put it, you know, how can that love expand out into worlds and communities, actually out, including, even to the point where we include God as part of our family? There's a task, Right? There's something for us to to think about and consider. See, this is the dance I think we really have to do. I'm going to have you say the A and the D word. Not pure or pure, 
but the dance between the two. It's not pure attachment or pure detachment, but the dance between the two. It's, it's somehow how we have to learn to listen and, and, and work with these two forces, one that pulls us towards other people in our family and one that allows us to create the right distance. Hey, I, you know, families deal with all sorts of issues. You know, anger, jealousies, addictions, uh, uh, anger issues that, 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 you know, come up in sort of abusive ways. And, and all of us has that sibling who knows exactly what to say, that big red button, right? You know, knows exactly what to say. They can just like, oh, he just gets us. And how do we find that right distance? Well, this is one way to maybe think about it. There's a way in which if, if, we're, if we're trying to do this and trying to do it well, where we can have enough distance so that everybody has the space to grow, including us. And that's a different view than sort of shunning people. There's a difference. There's giving people the space to grow and there's shunning. Shunning is a lot like punishing and I think with our families, if, if we're out to sort of punish other people and, and to, to withdraw our affection and our love from them as a way to punish and teach them a lesson, we're missing something. If, however, there is a time where we need to step back so that we're healthy, so that, so that we're able to have space to grow and so that they're able to have space to grow too, I think that's where it can become a healthy sort of distance that can start to really work in our family systems. If there was one thing I'd ask you to really take from this service, it would be this idea about what I think we really need to surrender with our families. Surrender the movement towards Contraction, surrender the movement towards contraction. I think that's what the danger is. The danger can become in family systems where, where there's this danger of, 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 of contraction, where, where, you know, that's, we all know that feeling, right? Where we just kind of, you know, we just kind of suck in and pull in and pull away. That, I think, is what God is asking us to surrender. That, I think, is what he's asking us to really work hard at starting to give up. That may be your most important work in your own family system. See, it's, it's, it's a little different way to look at it than to just say, you know, your job is just to wholeheartedly embrace all your family. That might be impossible. But maybe in some way, if we allow that quiet work, that quiet work to, to, to do its thing, and, and we, we, we really try to pull away from that idea of contraction, we really try to get that out of the way, maybe good stuff can happen. See, what if we held contraction as this? What if we had contraction, held contraction as sin? You know, I know we got all the hot sins and all that stuff, and there's a space and a time to talk about that. But what if contraction in and of itself was a sin? A time where we were off the mark, a time where we weren't offering what we could offer, doing what we could do. Because see, maybe attachment detachment works this way. Maybe attachment is, is making sure that we are always grounded with those we love, that we are always grounded in being loving. 
And the detachment comes when we're detached from the outcomes of how that looks. Attached to the love. Detached from the outcome, the results, the the plan that we have of how it's all supposed to look. Maybe that's the way that that if we're we're in families where there are challenges where we can just keep on moving through. And and, and that act of contraction, folks, like again, I want to come back to imagine your family circle and imagine God saying, look, I'm going to put these people in your life. Some of them are going to drive you crazy, but it's so that you can learn. So you can all start to learn from each other. Start to learn how to, how to interrelate. Start to learn how to keep love present. And at the same time, letting go of the results. A distance that's close enough to heal. And far enough to allow there to be growth. Maybe that's a place where we can start to go. And and maybe what we can embrace there is is these two things. A love that is both very personal and a love as well that is very non-personal. You know, in other words, it's, it's a love that's focused. You know, we, we just got done with Valentine's Day here. Like it's, it's a love that's focused. It's a love that actually is able to love someone. But it's also a love that's a lot more global than that. That, that sort of is non-personal. By non-personal, I don't mean sort of amorphous. It's, it's a hard... It's a hard thing to describe, but, but I think we know, right? Those people that were around who it just seems like they love everybody. And it's not in a sloppy way. It's in a way that actually brings a lot of, a lot of grace and a lot of growth and a, and, a, and a lot of connection and a lot of feeling of foundation there as well. Now, as we do this, folks, as we work at this embrace and expand and this embrace and expand, we have to see this as a really important seed. The miraculous progression that takes place as we go from seed to fruit to new, to new seed, where, where it actually, where, where we can start to allow this to grow in our hearts these deeper perspectives and we we plant them and we allow them to grow. And what happens is that it becomes a fruit and that that grows on further and further. We're allowing that process. We're sort of engaging that process, allowing it to start unfolding. And it can look remarkable. It can look spectacular when you start to see how these loves and how these expanded definitions of family start to grow. You know, I, I think of some of the work we've done. I've seen people do down at the St. Francis Inn. You know, an, an expanded view of family. And, and, and it's not just that going out there and serving that thing. You know, I tell you, one of the most fun parts down is the car ride. Believe it or not, the car ride. Those, those connections, those, those simple connections to each other where we hop in a car as strangers We go and we serve and we come back in that same car as family. A new expanded view of family. 
We see that happen all the time with, with small groups as well. You know, just, just watching, you know, the, the weather has been so bad right this weekend and going over and saying hello to a small group leader who's leading a group on a Saturday morning and just, just feeling in that room as, as family is starting to grow. As family is starting to grow. And we've seen that too. Like this week, we're going to the Chosen 300 watching how that definition grows. See, see folks, this is cuz cuz this is where like again like there's there's a tension that we have to embrace here. Family systems, you know, family systems can can become so deeply attached to each other, so deeply loving that what happens over time is they can slowly start to turn in. And I think what Christ is asking us to do is to to keep doing the hard work to allow it to expand out. To allow it to expand out. Now look, it's, it's a freezing cold day, right? All of you made it through the blizzard to get here. And the only thing you're allowed to be thankful for today is that you're not in Boston. So do I have permission to go off script here? Could you please all say yes? All right, so this is next week, and I want you to think about embracing this. I'm going to be stepping right down here. If we get some light right there, this is way light. Sorry, guys. This is way off script. If we get light right down here, it'd be great. Next week, we're going to be talking about this idea of embracing family. And and, and what does that look like to really embrace it? What does that look like? Well, we're going to be doing that right here next week, right where I'm standing. We're going to be doing Holy Supper here next week. Now, Holy Supper, does anybody know the C word? We have good Catholics here. What's the C word? Communion. Communion. Can we all say communion together? Communion. Communion. So so, so next week's going to be a wonderful week. We're going to have Kelly speaking about family expanding overseas, about her trip over to Haiti. And then I'm going to talk some about the Holy Supper. And, and, and what I really want to get across, what I really want to communicate to people is that, that Christ said, like, do this. And you're going to hear this next week, but I really want to reinforce it. Christ said, like, do this in remembrance of me. Do this. Meet at a table. Eat together. Sit beside someone who is a stranger, somebody who you don't know and have the courage to allow your life and your family structure instead of just turning in, just for a moment to turn out. Just for a second to see what life can be, to see what that love connection can start to become. And a communion is not something we go to like a a great black hole that sucks us further and further in. It's something we come to and we celebrate and then guess what it does? It shoots us out. It shoots us out into a world where we start to see family differently. It shoots us out into a world where the definitions of brother and sister continue to grow. It shoots us out in a way, folks, where we are attached and grounded in love. And I realize a lot of you are coming here today and and there's pain in your heart and you're struggling. And and how do you do that? And what I'm going to tell you, stay attached to love. Detach yourself from the results but stay attached to love. 
That's what we're celebrating here next week. Now, I, I want to give you the precursor. Usually we end up, now this week, everybody's at home frozen. You know, last week we had 300 people. 300 people doing Holy Supper all at once is known as one thing, a big mess. So are we all okay with it being a big mess next week? Yes. yes. A blessed mess next week? Yes. yes, it's just gonna be. Welcome to my family. You know, can we even embrace that mess next week? Can we offer that one to another? Can we, can we come here grounded and say, saying, we are family. We are family. And then be able to add, and there's always room for one more. That's where we're going. That's what Christianity is about. That's what church is about. That's what we're trying to create, folks. Even on cold days, <laughs> that's what we're trying to create. Now, can there be courage in that place? There definitely can be courage in that place. I want to talk about that kind of courage and how when we remain centered on love, what that can actually look like. Our next slide up here. Probably some of you are aware of, of this young lady. Kayla Mueller, my sister sent me a, you know, an article on her. She, she died last week. She was being held captive by ISIS. I, I don't know all her story. No doubt it's complex in many, many ways. But what she was able to do there on the left was to smuggle a note out. To smuggle a note out to, to, to the world that she wrote while she was at captivity. And, and some people escaped and they carried this note with them. I'm going to share with you some parts of this note here in a minute. Because it, it seems like we, we have these choices, right, about how we hold family. And I could hold it kind of at a cute level. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun to talk about family. It's fun to talk about crazy. It's fun to talk about crazy this and crazy that. That's all good. And there's a bigger picture we need to keep coming back to that has a lot of gravitas to it. Did anybody watch? How many of you watched the news this morning? You know, there was another terrorist attack on a cartoonist over in Europe. And the, the police cornered the guy who did it, and there's a shootout, and then he's now dead. And, you know, maybe that's what needed to happen. I, I don't know. I don't know our way around it. But, but I do know that there's, there's kind of like, it seems like we're locked into this, into this struggle here that's really hard to extricate ourselves from where we have terrorism, counterterrorism, we, we have these, this back and forth and back and forth. And, and doesn't sometimes it just feel intractable to you? You know, it, it certainly does with me. And then I think about the communion table. And then I think about the communion table. Is something that happened in hard times, something that happened in times of violence and oppression and uncertainty and worry. And in the midst of all those times, what does Christ call people to but to that? To a new experience of family a very sort of counterintuitive view of, of how we're to work forward in the world, a world so, that, that so much of the time feels so incredibly lost. 
In, in this letter, this is, this is what Kayla had to say, you know, and, and, and I, I ask you to just listen to this, what she's saying. And remember I said the most, most significant thing I kind of want you to hear is, is, is we need to make sure we surrender. We need to surrender the movement towards the C word. Surrender the movement towards contraction. You know, hear that as, as she's talking here. Surrendering to the movement, surrendering away from that movement towards contraction. And hear that in her words now. And hear how she holds her family. And how she holds her, her position with God. And hear that in this Bible story that we read as well. I remember mom telling me that all in all, in the end, the only one you really have is God. I have come to a place and experience where in every sense of the word, I have surrendered to God. Literally because there was no one else. And by God and by your prayers, I felt tenderly cradled in a free fall. And again, you know, imagine this woman. I mean, free fall, you know, you're a terrorist. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're held by terrorists, ISIS terrorists. That's a free fall. I have been shown in darkness, light, and have learned that even in prison, one can be free. I am grateful I've come to see that there is good in every situation. Sometimes we just have to look for it. I pray each day that if nothing else, you have felt a certain closeness and surrender to God as well and have formed a bond of love and support amongst one another. I miss you all as if it has been a decade of forced separation. The gift that is each one of you, here she's speaking to her family, the gift that is each one of you and the person I could and could not be if you were not a part of my life, my family, my support. Please, please be patient. Give your pain to God. I know you would want me to remain strong. That is exactly what I am doing. Do not fear for me. Continue to pray, as will I. And by God's will, we will be together soon. All my everything, Kayla. That's powerful, folks. That's somebody who's not clinging to their own security. That's someone who's, who's able to see God in a new perspective, in a new way. She doesn't reference the communion table of Christianity there, but she does. I think that's what Christ is calling us to. I think that is the movement of our lives. That's where we're supposed to hold family. Where we learn to embrace the families that we have, craziness and all. And maybe that family member you're having a hard time embracing, maybe you just shoot them a little text this afternoon. Because we're supposed to learn to embrace that with a loving heart, attached to a loving heart, detached from the outcome. And don't forget the end. And let's work at continuing to expand our definition of family, expand how we see brother and sister, continue to expand that following Christ's words, because that's where I do believe we will find God's will. That's where we will find a love for God, that, that ready for this, that doesn't actually pull us away from our families, but actually gives us even more love for our families. 
because we see it all as part of the plan. That in the end, it all is get this. That it all is gift. I'd ask you now to please join me in prayer. I'm gonna say a prayer, then you have the opportunity to say the Lord's Prayer, as you know it, to have a moment of silent meditation, if that's what you prefer. Then we're going to sing, shower the people, because that's what I want you to do this week as you look forward to embracing and expanding. Please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for bringing us here together today. And Lord, help us to do those two things. Help us to embrace the families that we have, including this, including the broken pieces, the broken parts, the ruptured relationships, the pain, the fear, the anger, Allow us, Lord, to acknowledge that that is part of our life. Allow us, Lord, to embrace it all as best we can. And in embracing, Lord, understand what a loving heart is and knowing that that is our job. That commitment to a loving heart that's beyond our own security, maybe even beyond our own preference, but is still that beacon of a loving heart. close enough to love, far enough to grow, but Lord, able to be, to be in relationship. One of your greatest commands. Bring to those who are here with us today, Lord, who are bringing great pain in their families, Lord, be with them. Gently hold them Gently care for them. And for those whose families, Lord, are coming here with joy, allow that joy to be one more reason yet again to turn out. To turn out and share that joy, to share that connection, to share that work with others who need a hand. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. Shower us all. Shower us all with your love this week. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. See you next week.